You're listening to Civic from the San Francisco Public Press. On this edition, we'll hear from men incarcerated in Solano and San Quentin state prisons who've been telling their stories on the radio. And they're expanding their work with a program called Uncuffed. I'm on my 42nd year of incarceration, and I have not had the opportunity to have a voice in the public. Now I do. And now I have the opportunity to share my understanding, my knowledge, my insight with people outside of the prison walls. By sharing their stories, the men are making connections and taking on misconceptions. People think that we're we're either doing a lot of negative things or just wasting time, but in, in, in all actuality, there are a lot of guys here that are being productive, and I always wanted to be able to tell that story. I'm Laura Wenis, and this is Civic. Rolling. Man, let's get this thing cracking. Let's bro. get it. Bring dude. it. Let's do it. What? Coming at you from Solano State Prison in the rolling hills of the Golden State. And from the Bay of San Francisco at San Quentin State Prison, this is Uncuffed. Here we oh, roll. No, that's a crack of lack. You scale the charts. <laughs> <laughs> Those are the voices of men inside two of California's prisons. Some of them have been incarcerated for decades. They created the promotion you just heard for Uncuffed, Voices from Behind Prison Walls, with their instructors at KALW Public Radio. KALW is a community station in San Francisco that's been airing stories from Solano and San Quentin for years as part of its news program, Cross Currents. Now, the men inside have their own show. KALW staff still teach at prisons every week, but the new show, Uncuffed, airs as its own program. It'll also be available on institutional television across the prison system. Uncuffed also includes more material from the incarcerated producers. They'll record a conversation as a group as a preamble to a story one of them has put together. Then the audience, whether on the air or through podcast platform, gets to hear the story. And after that, hear the men reflect on the story that just unfolded. Two of the Uncuffed producers took the time to speak with me by phone. Greg Eskridge and Steve Drown. Greg called me from San Quentin. He's a founding member of San Quentin Radio, where he's a facilitator and a mentor. He's also pursuing a college degree and is a facilitator of many self-help groups. And Greg is an award-winning journalist and a member of the Northern California chapter of the Society for Professional Journalists. He told me this is a profession he learned in prison. I know a little bit about you, but not a whole lot. Were you a journalist before you were incarcerated? Absolutely not. No, <laughs> I, um, I was not. Uh, I had just regular odd jobs. Uh, I was 20 years old. I was still, you know, trying to find myself, discover myself. But no, journalism didn't come until um, until we started the program here in 2012. Before then, I didn't even know how to turn a computer on. Wow. So how long have you been doing radio? Since 2012? Yes, yes. We started this radio program here in, uh, in 2012, and I think the first episode aired in 2013. So, yeah, that, that's when we first started. So I guess it'll be a little bit difficult for you to answer this because there wasn't a big before and after, but how does being incarcerated inform the way that you approach conducting an interview? Well, it's a little, um, well, being that I don't, re- I don't really have any background in journalism and I really had no idea of what we were actually getting into, I just thought that it was... We were just going to just deliver stories, and hopefully somebody would listen. Um, so it just so for me it was just it was just about having the opportunity to be able to tell the stories 
about the guys who are who are in this place because I know there's a there's a negative stigma surrounding prisoners, and so I remember one day I seen some guys in here in San Quentin. They were walking around with folders and binders, and everybody was going in and out of self-help groups and college courses and things of that nature. And I was like, man, this would be this would be a great story for the world to be able to hear to really like change that narrative so people think that we're we're in there doing a lot of negative things or just wasting time. But in, in, in all actuality, there are a lot of guys here that are being productive. And I always wanted to be able to tell that story of the men who I've encountered inside of this place. So you've accomplished a lot in this medium. You were the founding member of San Quentin Radio. You're a facilitator, a mentor. Your stories have aired on multiple different radio stations. You've won journalism awards. Are there accomplishments that you're most proud of in this work that you've done? You know, I think the um, for me, it's always been um, when I tell my family to to listen to an episode or story I do, and they go and they listen to it, and my mother or my someone in my family they tell me how proud they are of me because the person I was 25 years ago was totally different than the person I am now. And so when I left the streets in 1994, there was a negative. Um, I negative understanding of who I was amongst my family and friends. And so they only see me in that negative light. And so now for them to see me doing something positive, that's like the biggest accomplishment for me, just to be doing something that's praiseworthy by my family. I also spoke with Steve Drown at Solano. Steve has been in prison for more than two decades. He's an actor, a writer, a playwright, and he edits for the Solano Chronicle, the prison paper. He, too, developed his journalism chops while incarcerated. So you've been a journalist now for quite a while. Were you a journalist in any capacity before you were incarcerated? No, I wasn't. Um, matter of fact, I was a salesman. I sold clothes and uh, different things like that. I kind of was floating around um, at the time. But I got I got into journalism after I became incarcerated and I saw a need to try to put information out to the population of the prison and so that's where the journalistic bug first bit me. I was raised during the period of time when uh, we were going through Watergate and all this thing so when journalism was really starting to get a hold on the public and so that kind of piqued my interest too. You're an actor, a news writer, a playwright, and a radio producer, and all these things. How did your experiences with those different forms of expression influence one another? Well, the acting basically came first. I've been acting ever since high school. And then um, when I committed my crime and became incarcerated, I thought I had lost any opportunity to act anymore at all. Uh, I had done some stuff in the Bay Area in San Francisco and, and in uh, Marin County uh, at the College of Marin and with the Mill Valley uh, Center for Performing Arts. This was way back in the 70s. Um, then about five years ago, Marin Shakespeare came to Solano, and I was able to get uh, involved with them again and reinitiated my acting career. At about the same time, I got hired at the institutional television station, and I'm now what they call a television production specialist at the station, Uh, and that was that's my primary job. In the course of doing that, Ben from KLW came in, looking at possibly creating a radio program at 
Solano. And we got talking. My coworker that was with me at the time also got involved in this, and we kind of got brought into the radio program. So in a roundabout way, I've been able to bring my acting into this, the uh, stuff I've done at the television station, and then on top of that, I take creative writing classes with a professional uh, playwright, and that's where the playwright has come into the into the fold because we wrote a play called um, Doing Time that is now being considered for production by a couple of, of companies. So all this kind of worked together. While I was working at the television station, I was also helping to create the prison newspaper that we have here, which is now called the Solano Chronicle. And I've been a writer and an editor with that paper since its inception, which started in about 2000, I want to say 2007, 2008. We've gone through a few changes and some minor glitches along the way. So that's basically how all this came together. For both men, the work they do is about making connections with other inmates, but also giving one another a voice and making sure it reaches outside prison walls. You've said that you want to give incarcerated people an opportunity to express themselves as well as give the public an accurate account of prison life. Why is it important for people to have that opportunity for self-expression, and, and what happens when they're able to do that? Yeah, well, Laura, you know, it's, a, it's very interesting when, when, when you see someone really uh, work on themselves and they have those aha moments and they reach that realization like, man, I'm, I'm much more different. I'm bigger than, than the crime I committed. My life has much more meaning. And to, and to, to come to prison and see people who, who necessarily do not necessarily have a voice or people don't even really care to hear their voices, it's really nice to be able to see guys be able to come out of that, out of that dark place of being muzzled and be able to say, like, okay, well, I, I do have a voice. I do, I do want my family and my friends and society to know that that you know that I have a heart, that I care, that I love people, that that I that I'm sorry for what I've done, and I think it's just important. I think anytime that you just uh, um, you put um, put a muzzle on someone, it really just takes them away from their full potential and being able to express themselves in this place because this is a place where you really there there are a lot of guys, there are a lot of masks that a lot of people wear in prison. You know, you have to you have to be a certain a certain person. You you know, you can't be vulnerable. You can't be open. But to see guys be able to be open and be vulnerable is transformative. And, and it starts with having that voice, being able to, and having someone to listen as well. So to be able to have someone to listen, to be able to have that voice, and someone to take in what you're saying and really, and really appreciate what you're saying, it, 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 I think it's huge for the confidence um, for, the, for the guys who are incarcerated. How do you make sure to create an environment for somebody who you're interviewing where they can be vulnerable like that, where they don't have to show you a mask? I mean, I'm sure it helps that you are also living, you know, you have a shared experience with them, but how do you make someone comfortable when you're interviewing them? Yeah, well, you know, you know like you say, you know, uh, the shared experience, and I, and, I think it's, and I think it's people trust me. Um, I've, um, I've been doing journalism for a while, and, and, and I share my own my own life stories with people, you know, like when I do an interview with somebody, if I see an interesting story, I'll talk to a guy and I ask him, I say, you know, tell me about this or tell me about that. And, you know, we'll just start talking and we'll just exchange ideas. And so it basically starts with the pre-interview and it basically starts with just basic conversation. Like if I see something interesting 
and I just want to expound on it and talk about it. And then I ask a guy, like, would you be willing to come talk about that in the interview? And then, so obviously, you know, sometimes when you get guys in front of the, the microphone, you know, when they're on the yard, they're, you know, they're, they're, they're open. But as soon as that microphone gets in front of them, they get a little nervous. So that's just those are just little tricks that you have to uh, uh, learn as a, as a reporter to just, like, make a guy, make a person feel comfortable with, you know, just small talk and just, and just, and just kind of just be open and be and, and be yourself and be vulnerable. But it it is difficult at times because sometimes people don't want to share with society. But but I think that when a person really does a lot of work on themselves, they want the world to know that they are a changed person. So that helps also in getting someone to speak about their truth. What about when you're being interviewed? How do you how do you open up when you're interviewed? Oh, when someone's interviewing me? Yeah, well, because that happens oh. on the show, right? Absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, well, you know, I, um, for one, I, I've I've always been uh, I've been always been a quiet. I grew up as a quiet child. I was I was always told to uh, to just stay in the background, and I never really got a chance to have a voice. So, so I like I say, I I enjoy I enjoy being interviewed because I like I like pretty much telling telling about my life, my story, and and that came from really like seeing. The impact that my story and the other people's stories have on on each other, and so I mean, I see myself being vulnerable, and I see somebody else, you know, opening up because they see me being vulnerable. It's uh, you know, it, it, it just it, it just makes it makes it easier for everyone. And so you know, I, I enjoy being interviewed. Um, I figure, you know, if I'm always interviewing somebody, I figure it's always nice to have the tables turned on myself and uh, and give an interview. You've been listening to Civic from the San Francisco Public Press. Hear more from Steve Drown and Greg Eskridge, producers of Uncuffed, a radio program from the men at Solano and San Quentin State Prisons, in a moment. KSFP and the San Francisco Public Press are supported by listeners like you. Learn more about our membership program and join the public press at sfpublicpress.org slash donate. You can make a donation online or send a check to the San Francisco Public Press, 44 Page Street, Suite 504, San Francisco, California, 94102. Thank you, and thanks to the thousands of donors who have made our work possible for 10 years. This is KSFPLP, San Francisco 102.5 FM. Welcome back to Civic. Let's get back to my conversations with two producers of Uncuffed, Voices from Behind Prison Walls, Greg Eskridge and Steve Drown. Since this is a show that's being produced inside a prison, the producers have to manage more hurdles than non-incarcerated reporters and producers. There are rules and procedures to be followed. Phone calls are monitored, for example. This call and your telephone number will be monitored and recorded. I asked Greg about that. Can I ask you a little bit about the process of actually recording and making this show happen? I mean, can you illustrate maybe for somebody who's not familiar with the process what it took, for example, for you to get on the phone today or what what the process is for getting um, a recording set up with somebody? 
Okay, so so I'll start with the phone calls. So first, the phone calls. Um, dude, obviously, this is a, a, a collect call, so we have to sign up on the phone. You have different well, phones, uh, phone lists, and there are like 12 phones that are lined up. That basically like payphone booths. So you step in the booth and um, you sign up, step in the booth, and then you just dial out and make a collect call. And so as far as um, the radio stories go, so it always it always starts with with finding uh, um, a topic that you want to talk about and then finding and talking to someone who who may be able to speak to that uh, to that particular topic. So what I would do is always have field interviews. So I would talk to the guy or talk to whoever I'm talking to and we'll whatever the topic is and we'll see if we can if we can mesh if there's a good story there. Next the story gets recorded. But before it goes out on the air or online, the content is approved by someone who works for the prison. I talked to Steve about that. There's a process with creating this content, and at every at the end or at the beginning of every show that you hear for, of Uncuffed, a listener hears that all the content is approved by an information officer. How does that affect the way that you work? Is it ever in the back of your mind when you're putting together a story? Oh, definitely, definitely. Um, we, we are fully cognizant of the fact that there's certain things we can and can't say, certain pieces of information we can and can't say, say or share with the public, um, but we've been fortunate in the regard that the, the two public information officers that we've worked with since the program started have been very positive in working with us and doing all that they can to allow us to get as much information out that we're able to, and they really don't put too much re uh, restrictions on us other than what the department may mandate that be the restrictions. Then, once the story gets out, there's a question of hearing back. You'll hear first from Greg, then from Steve on this one. How do you get feedback or questions from your listeners, or how do you reach out and give feedback yourself? Well, we mainly go through our, uh, through our advisors, the KOW uh, sponsors who come sponsor the program. You know, we'll write down questions. So I'll write down questions. We'll answer their questions. They'll answer our questions. And we kind of like go back and forth right there because there is no direct contact. So we have to go through our sponsors to get questions and answers conveyed to one another. Are you able to hear from, it sounds like you are able to hear from people ultimately who have heard your material. Um, is, is that on a delay? I mean, are there difficult sometimes in difficulty sometimes in hearing from people, hearing feedback or soliciting feedback? Um, and then I want to ask you about being able to listen to what you produce. Okay. Um, in regards to the feedback, initially we were basically we basically relied on the the people that came in from KLW, Eli, Ben, the other individuals that came in. And they would bring us information. You know, they bring us in. Hey, this, we we heard this about your story. We heard this about your story. Different things like that. What people were calling the station and saying. Uh, we have put a mailing address with the broadcast, uh, but to date we have not received any letters from anybody. However, other guys, when they've gone out and visits, their families will say, hey, people were talking about the radio program waiting in line to come into visiting. Um, so we're getting it word of mouth in a kind of a roundabout way. And are you able to listen to what you produce in a timely manner? And, and I mean, I assume that you're able to listen to the tape, but what about the finished pieces that air? 
Oh, yeah, yeah. Um, we're very, very fortunate. Um, the physical area where we have our recording, for want of a better term, studio located, uh, we're in the front room of the media center, which is a very small room, maybe 9 by 11, a little bit bigger. We have three computers. And we put the, the mics up. We do, we do all the recording there. But my supervisor, who is the television specialist for the prison, his name is Mr. Brian McCann, uh, he is in touch with the KALW people on a weekly basis. And when one of our pieces gets aired, he can go online and air and play it for us in, in the uh, studio. So we're able to hear it. Like we listened to the first uh, podcast pr- uh, production today. Oh, great. What did you we, think? We finally heard, we heard the finished product, and it just it blew us all away. Greg told me part of the work he's doing is to dismantle misconceptions about those who are incarcerated. There are a lot of misconceptions about, uh, about prisoners. Uh, one, of the, one of the big um, things that people think that a lot of guys in here are, are basically just like heartless criminals who are incapable of being redeemed or reformed. And that's, that's, that's simply not true for the guys who I've seen. Like myself, I, I committed a crime at a young age. I, was, um, I was, did not have the tools uh, to be able to deal with the necessary stressors that I, that I was going through in my life. And so I committed a crime based on being angry and based on being a lost child who was really confused. And there are a lot of men who are, are, have that same, same similar stories. And so it's just nice to be able to see a person come in this place and be able to just really work on themselves and, and show that they are redeemable. Because I, believe, I truly believe that if a person comes to prison, they apply themselves, they go look within themselves, they make those positive changes, they can be redeemable and get back out there in society and be productive. So I think, so that's what I, my main goal is for radio is to be able to show society and to show these men that you are capable of, you know, getting given a second chance and getting out there and doing something right in society. So I asked Steve, who's the show for? So is Uncuffed to you about news and journalism and storytelling for people who are incarcerated or for people who are not, or both? Actually, both. Actually, both. Um, I think that we have an untapped resource within the incarcerated community, Uh, talent-wise, intellectual-wise, and these guys have a lot to say, and their their voice is not being put out to the public. And so when Oncuff came online, I saw the opportunity to tell stories or to tell backgrounds of people, because each of us that works with the Oncuff program has our own specific niche. We all have different areas of expertise that we kind of touch base on. So it, it kind of has worked together as a, as a unit to get our stories out and cover different areas of the institution. Stories from both prisons have been airing for a while, but they're also becoming available on podcast platforms. I asked Steve, do you have any hopes for this new medium or expectations about podcasting versus being on air on FM stations? Uh, first off, it's, it's a very daunting thought. Uh, Why is that? It's, I, I guess I can explain it by using an example. I did a story a few months ago on veterans, and 
I'm a I'm a Vietnam era veteran. I didn't serve in country, but I served during the Vietnam era. And I spoke with another Vietnam veteran who did serve in country. And one of the things we talked about was the difference between how veterans were treated back then and how they are treated now. Uh, and this story got aired through National Public Radio back to the East Coast. And I was getting letters from doctoral students on the East Coast who were interested in the work I was doing with the veterans. So when I heard that my voice had reached out to that type of audience, and now to have the opportunity to have that with a podcast, which will reach an even greater audience, it's, that's why the daunting came into, into being, because to be silenced for so long, I'm on my 42nd year of incarceration, and I have not had the opportunity to have a voice in the public. Now I do, and now I have the opportunity to share my understanding, my knowledge, my insight with people outside of the prison walls. And people might actually be listening from all over the country or the world. Right, exactly. Um, a very short story, if I may. Sure. My stepmother passed away in June, and the last time she heard my voice was probably... I haven't seen her in over 40 years, of course, and she hasn't heard my voice in 25, 30 years. And fortunately, she was able to hear the veteran's piece before she passed. And so... There was that opportunity for my voice to be heard by a family member that wouldn't have been heard. We've had guys who've done stories who they've been totally disassociated with their families. The families have walked away from them. After they did the piece, the family reached out and reconnected with them, and brought the, we brought the two entities back together. So we have an ability to touch other people, but also maybe to even heal a little bit. That was Steve Drown at Solano State Prison. Earlier in the program, you also heard from Greg Eskridge at San Quentin. They're producers for Uncuffed, Voices from Behind Prison Walls. It's a radio program produced by incarcerated men with help from the staff at KALW Public Radio. If you'd like to hear more, you can listen to Uncuffed on KALW in San Francisco. Some stories from the Uncuffed team air as part of the news show Cross Currents on Mondays. You can also hear Uncuffed on major podcast platforms. You can find more information at weareuncuffed.org. A big thank you to the KALW staff for logistical support in making this program possible. I'm Laura Wenis, and you've been listening to Civic from the San Francisco Public Press. Civic is a production of the San Francisco Public Press. sfpublicpress.org. Your host is Laura Wenis, producer and contributor Mel Baker. The publisher of the San Francisco Public Press is Lila LaHood. Executive Director, Michael Stoll. Interim Managing Editor, Noah Arroyo. Director of Membership and Community, Daphne Magnawa. Civic is aired on KSFP LP San Francisco, a low-power FM radio station at 102.5 FM. Thanks for listening.